Welcome to the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, John Lawson, Senior Wealth Advisor at Asante Wealth Management and Sauna Family Office. We're always looking for unique ways to educate our client families and be introduced to new clients. At Sauna Family Office, we help business owners and affluent families navigate the complexities of wealth through a variety of wealth management and family enterprise oversight services. This week on Wealth Wisdom Podcast, we have Vic Sahi, a mortgage expert with Dominion Lending Center, here to help us walk through the most common questions we get regarding financing your home. Vic has a degree in business communications and has spent five years with Bell Media as a radio host on Vancouver's number one morning show with Nat and Drew, Move 103.5 FM. He built his mortgage broker business to the point where he retired his radio career as young Vic. Welcome Vic and thanks for joining us today. First off, I gotta say, I love your shirt. <laughs> We're on the same page today, John. There we go. And <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan this, we didn't plan this. So let's get uh, right down to this and start with uh, basic, but very, very common questions. I'm sure this is uh, something you hear all the time but um, I'll, I'll call it, uh, uh, how about demystifying what a mortgage broker actually does and then how do mortgage brokers get paid? Right, that's a, that's a great question, John. Uh, and it's not as simple as people, uh, as you think it is, because I get that question quite a bit. We are still a new industry, uh, the independent mortgage brokers. Uh, you know, stats have shown 75 to 80% of, of clients getting a mortgage these days are using an independent mortgage broker, but it is still, you know, within the last five to 10 years that we've really become popular. Uh, and the difference between myself and a, and a mortgage specialist for an institution is a mortgage specialist that works at a bank works for that institution. I'm an independent mortgage broker. So I work for the client, not the institution, but I've partnered with 50 plus institutions to get mortgages from those banks and, and lend and money lines and credit unions for my clients. So I work for the client, uh, not the lender, but I partner with the lender. Uh, so what the benefit for that is, is I can offer my client unbiased opinions, bring options from all different lenders for them. And then at the end of the day, they get that decision. They get to make the decision on themselves. Uh, rather, if I was wearing a TD logo on my chest or a Scotiabank logo on my chest, I can only offer products that my institution has, right? Um, and then uh, the, the beauty, the absolute beauty for us, and I love saying this, is our, our service is 100% free. The cost of the client is zero, um, which is which is wonderful because we you know we can offer our advice, we can bring options, we handle we stick handle the mortgage from uh, top to bottom, from the start to the finish, and it's zero cost to the client. We get paid by the lender that we end up taking our client to. So uh, once the mortgage closes, whatever lender we've taken our client, we get paid by that lender in compensation. Great, thanks. So, a couple of questions from there. You mentioned uh, you used a term uh, monoline. Yeah. What uh, can you explain what that means? Wonderful. Uh, so, we, like I said earlier, John, I work with fifty plus lenders, and those lenders aren't just your, you know, your big banks. We work with the big banks: TD, Scotia, Coast Capital, uh, Equitable Bank. We we partner with them, but we also partner with uh, monolines, which are mortgage only banks. So they're monolines. They only do one sort of product. They can't offer you a credit card, a debit card, a, uh, a line of credit. They can't do any of that. They only specialize in mortgages. And the only way to get to them is through a mortgage broker. And you might've heard of these institutions like uh, First National, MCAP, 
uh, you know, they, they're very competitive in the interest rates too. So that's why our clients love them. They, and they only specialize in mortgages. So all their attention is only on your mortgage, which is wonderful. And then the other, the third bucket of, of lenders that we have is credit unions, uh, which are not uh, federally regulated, uh, like TD and Scotia, they're provincial, like uh, your Prosperas, your Envision Financials, your Blue Shore Financials. So they aren't regulated Canada wide. They're just BC companies and uh, uh, they're very, very good for some of our clients. Yeah. Okay. And and so uh, a couple comments there. I'm sure on the Monolion uh, side, uh, a lot of people would actually like that because they're tired of getting solicited for credit cards, extra <laughs> stuff. It, it uh, drives people crazy. I know it drives me crazy. So uh, uh, that's, that's a huge plus. That is true. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is uh, a lot of those, uh, uh, just because you mentioned the federal versus provincial, a lot of those uh, credit unions, uh, um, uh, Coast Capital has already gone federal and uh, I think envisions in the process of trying to yeah. do that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's fast changing landscape on the lending uh, and banking side. When we talk about uh, the fact, I know I know you love to say it that the client pays nothing, but you're you're also very uh, open and say, yeah, w- we don't do it for free. We do get paid. <laughs> so um, we got to make a living too, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, and people understand that. Um, one of the things I know we've talked about before, but uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, w- when you are paid, um, is that is that disclosed? Does one pay you higher than the other? uh is uh do do the clients actually get to see what it is so that they know of course uh, as in your line of work uh john in the same in our line of work transparency is the number one uh key with our clients right we want to be transparent at all times so we do have a form 10 that is signed to the, and the client signs it uh and it lists exactly to the to the cent what we are paid for that transaction how we are paid who is paying us which is the lender um some lenders do pay more uh, than than others, but that is not the reason we take the client there. The first the, for the, re- the the reason we take a client somewhere is the product because they fit the client's lifestyle. The interest rate is let's get the lowest interest rate for the client. So uh, if the if that lender ends up paying more at the end of the day, it's a bit of a bonus. And but that's transparent with the client, so the client knows that the whole time. And if we're getting a kickback, if the realtor is giving me a kickback, if the lender is giving me a kickback, which you know it never happens in in my in my world. But if the realtor were to give me a kickback or the developer or uh, the lender, that all has to be stated on the form 10 that the client reviews and the client signs. So, you know, from start to finish, complete transparency with the client. That's right. And I, I think I've said this to you before, but amen to that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're all about. So exactly. uh, perfect. Thanks. I just wanted to make sure everybody understood yep. that. So let's switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about what's the outlook for mortgage uh, mortgage rates right now, uh, and then kind of a, a secondary or follow up question to that: What's the benefits and drawbacks of uh, going fixed versus variable? Because obviously there's a difference there, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the single most common question that we have, and then the biggest question most clients are are worried about their interest rate and the fixed versus variable where you should go. Uh, I, my, my job is to educate the clients on, on what a fix and what a variable is, the pros and the cons, and then specify it to that client's lifestyle and then let the client make the decision. I don't advise, unless there's a clear 
answer for that client, then I will advise. But if, you know, it, it just depends on the client, what the client wants to do right now, currently in November, 2021, um, with the way the market is all lenders, the way the whole landscape is, is the fixed rate is about a percent higher, 4% higher than where the variable rates are currently, uh, depending on the product that you're getting, the amortization that you're getting, uh, the fixed, you're looking at about 2.3 to 2.5%. They've actually gone up a little bit recently with bond yields going up. I'm sure you've read the news that, uh, you know, fixed rates are going up uh, with a variable. Uh, it's practically free money right now. We're looking at, you know, I just did a client that uh, just had a client this morning. Actually, before I jumped on here, we got them approved at 1.15. So uh, anywhere from 1.15 to 1.4 is what you're looking for in a variable. It's, you know, it's never, ever been cheaper to borrow money on the variable side. Uh, but there's pros and cons of both with the fixed. Uh, of course, you know, if you lock in for a three-year, four-year, five-year term, that is your interest rate. So if you are somebody that's like the peace of mind and, you know, want to lock in, this is my interest rate, you know, set it and forget it for my whole term. Of course, that's what the fixed is. You, you lock in, you don't have to worry about the variable moving, the prime rate moving. But with a fixed rate, um, you know, what I have to educate my clients about is, is the biggest thing is if you are somebody who is going to sell before your term is up, refinance, do anything with your mortgage that you know, breaks your mortgage and you and get you another product or you, if you change your mortgage in any way, it's going to cost you a very big penalty to break your fixed rate. So that's why banks love getting you in that fixed rate, because to, if you want to get out, you're paying a hefty, you know, maybe sometimes 20 to $30,000 just to break your mortgage and get another product on the variable side. Uh, it's much, much cheaper to break your mortgage. So if I have a client that's, yeah, you know, I'm wheeling and dealing, I'm going to sell this house in two years. I'm going to refinance in two years, pull out equity out of the home. Then I always advise the variable because with the variable, it's only three months interest. So it's, you pay three months interest and then you can walk away from that mortgage and, you know, grab another product. Uh, and the other myth with the variable rates is I have clients come to me. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do uh, you know, variables low. I would do it, but you know, I might go to sleep and wake up and I got a 3% rate. Uh, that is, that's totally false. That's totally false. With a variable rate, it's linked to the Bank of Canada prime rate. So when the Bank of Canada changes their prime rate, that's when the variable rate changes. And the Bank of Canada makes that announcement four times a year. So quarterly. And when they make that announcement, your rate's not going to go from a 1.3 to a 3.3. It's probably going to go from 1.3 to a 1.4. So as you can just do the math, it's going to take probably you know, a year and a half for your variable rate, if, if the announcements keep going up quarterly, a year and a half for your variable rate to get over 2%. Uh, so that's, that's one, one of the myths I get a lot is that people just think that the variable rate, you know, wake up and you got a 3% rate. It's a very okay. gradual step uh, of increases for your variable rate to actually go up. Yep, good. That's uh, good information and well, uh, well laid out for people there. Um, when you were talking about that, uh, uh, the, the fixed rate, and uh, I'm sorry, I think you said uh, 2.3, 2.5, somewhere yeah. in that range. Yeah, ball range. Yeah. Uh, and and are you talking uh, five years uh, on that? Yeah, that's for the that's for the five year products, and then the three yeah. year product is maybe a little bit cheaper. Uh, but yeah, for the five years, the most common mortgage uh, term that we do. So all the, the rates I just uh, described are five-year products. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, and obviously that changes 
can change daily. So uh, sure. there's uh, nobody can hold you to that uh, oh. a, a, a week or a month for, uh, from now. Oh, when I do uh, my pre-approvals, John, when I do my pre-approvals for clients and they're out there shopping, I have a disclaimer and these rates could change at any time. So don't come back to me in six months and be like, hey, well, Vic, you said, you know, my rate was going to be this. You know, I'm surprised too. I'm getting uh, emails from lenders every single day. We're changing our rates. We're doing this. So they yeah. change literally daily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, another uh, uh, little kind of change in the market uh, that, and maybe it's just me just noticing it, but uh, I've uh, heard a few ads out there on the radio lately, and the high ratio mortgages are actually getting a lower rate. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, the high, so there's pros and cons with going high ratio and then con conventional. When I mean say conventional, I mean 20% and up. Uh, so with a high ratio mortgage, you do get a better rate. You do get a lower rate than somebody who's putting 20%. And I've had clients, you know, be pretty mad about, Hey, I'm putting, you know, a lot of equity in this house. Why am I not getting as low of a rate as the high ratio clients, the high ratio clients, they're getting a lower rate, but they have to be insured by an insurer. So the bank, there's three insurers. There's uh, Sagan, there's CMHC, and there's Canada Guarantee, three mortgage insurers in Canada. Your, if you have a less than 20% down, you need to be insured by that one of those insurers. And they're going to charge you a premium of 2.8% to 4% of your mortgage amount. So you have to pay that premium that gets added into your mortgage. So your mortgage, now, you're, now you're taking out a, big, a bigger loan because you have to add that premium in there but you will get a lower interest rate because the, you know, the bank has insured your mortgage. They feel a little bit safer. So they will give you a lower interest rate with a 20% down and up you do pay. And it's not, it's not enough going back to myths. Again, people think the high ratio is so much lower. We're talking about 0 0.1, 0 0.15. It's not that it's not that big of a scheme here. Uh, yeah. But going back to what I was saying with the conventional 20% up, you are paying a little bit of a, a higher interest rate but you have 0% insurance premium. So your, whatever your purchase price is minus your down payment, whatever loan amount you need, that is the amount that you're borrowing. There's no insurance premium getting thrown on there. And also with the 20% down and up, you can choose to have a 25 year amortization or a 30 year amortization on your mortgage loan. And you know, obviously if you choose a 30 year, your payments are going to go significantly down because uh, your mortgage is stretched another five years. With a high ratio client, they can only have the option for a 25 year amortization. But then again, with a high ratio client, you don't have to put as much equity into the house as well. Right. Okay. Great. So it's pro, pros and cons of both again. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, uh, in the in the mortgage market right now, what what kind of issues are you seeing? Uh, are, are there things going on? Are there are there uh, uh, um, impediments that people are having uh, uh, trying to get mortgages. Um, obviously, housing prices must play into that. Right, right. And uh, I don't know what day is it. November, as of November third, twenty twenty one. All these days just kind of you know combine with the other John at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> November third, twenty twenty one. As it stands right now, uh, we uh, what we're seeing in the housing market is low inventory. That's what you're going to hear. Any, any talk to any real estate agent, talk to any mortgage broker. There's a lot there. It's a seller's market. There's not a lot of inventory out there and there is a lot of buyers. I pre-approved, you know, we pre-approved 10 clients a week. Maybe one of them will come back with an actual house in a, in a short period of time. You know, it is very, very, 
very competitive out there right now, uh, just because the inventory is low and the demand is so high to jump into the market because the interest rates are low. Everybody wants to buy a house right now, the interest rates are low, but there's low inventory, which has increased the prices. Sellers, you know, you, if you are a seller right now and you have, you know, 30 people trying to offer on your house, chances are whatever your list price is, you're going to get 75, 100, 125,000 over that. So that's why the, uh, you know, prices have gone up so much. So I'll pre-approve a client and then they'll come back to me and say, Hey, this house is actually gonna go for a hundred thousand dollars more. Can I get that? So then I have to start looking at different solutions because I had not pre-approved you for that, but that's just the way the market is right now. Um, and the other thing, uh, that right now, the biggest thing with my clients is subject free offers. Every one of my clients wants to go subject free, which means, uh, they don't want to put a financing condition in there. They don't want to put a uh, inspection condition in there. They want, don't want to do an appraisal. They just want to, you know, get this house. And the seller is saying, well, if you're getting this house, we got to shake hands right now. There's no conditions. I'm not giving you a week to get your financing. If you want this house to, uh, over the next person, then, you know, you got to go subject free. So clients will come back to me and ask if they can go subject free. Uh, and not every client can go subject free. That's another benefit for having 20% down is that if you have 20% down or up, I, and you really want to go subject free. I'll tell you the pros and cons of going subject free. You can make the decision at the end of the day, but if you have 20% down, you could, you could do it because we, if you can't get financing, if the property doesn't check out or you don't check out for whatever reason, we have other options for, for clients with equity, uh, like B lending, private lending for a client putting less than 20% down. There's only three mortgage insurers in Canada. If all three mortgage insurers don't like the property for some reason, you can't get financing. You've lost your deposit now. So, um, yeah. so I usually advise for, for clients less than 20% down. It's not safe to go subject free. Uh, and you know, if you can give me, if you can give me 48 hours, I can get you an approval. So, uh, that's the way yeah. we work here. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I echo that. I, I am actually, whenever we're talking to clients about uh, subject free, there is just so much that can go wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, it's, as you say, it's great for the seller, but, uh, that is rolling the dice for the buyer. For sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Just multitude of things that can go wrong. And, uh, if you can avoid that at all, avoid it. Yeah. And we, we, and we try and we prep ourselves for clients that want to go subject free. We prep them. I read the strata docs in advance. Uh, you know, I, I get every one of their document pieces, credit check, all that ready to go. So we do our due diligence with subject free offers. But at the end of the day, John, as you know, it's not a hundred percent. There could be, you know, anything could go wrong and you have removed subjects. Yeah. Even yeah. if we've done all of our homework. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if we uh, talk in terms of uh, mortgage lending options um, for, for business owners, a lot of our uh, clients and listeners are business owners. What should they know? Uh, so uh, business owners, self-employed clients, uh, I'm self-employed myself, so I fall in that bucket. Uh, you are qualified uh, differently than a salaried or a full-time or a, a, you know a, 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 a different client uh, in the banking world. So with a with a T4 client, a salaried client, it's just whatever their salary is. They that's what they get qualified over. With a self-employed client, it's it's a little bit harder just because uh, you are on your own. They want to see two years, two years. Banks want to see two years in the business, uh, before they'll give you a loan. So two years of your company, uh, and did you a two year average of what you've made in, you know, let's say you want to get a mortgage in 2021. 
they'll take an average of what you made in 2019 and 2020, group it together. That's your qualifying. Rather than a salaried employee, uh, they could have a job last week. Okay, this is your salary and you can have a mortgage immediately. So it's a little bit tougher for self-employed clients. But uh, going back to myself being an independent mortgage broker, I don't only work with the big banks. I work with all these unique uh, institutions which cater to self-employed. So there's there's some lenders that cater to self-employed and business owners because they know that not everybody these days is salaried or has a full-time job. Uh, and one of those options, uh, John, is our credit unions. Our credit unions that aren't re uh, can, uh, federally regulated, they're only in BC, they don't have to follow the same guidelines. So they don't have to follow what everybody else is doing. They can give us unique products to help get self-employed and business owners approved based off there because all of our self-employed and business owners we're writing down our income we're good we're not showing as much income uh as we should be for tax purposes but unfortunately if you write down your income you can save on the taxes but when you get a mortgage whatever you write down your income is that's what you're going to be qualified at now with credit unions they'll look at the bigger picture they'll look at the business as a whole and qualify you off that also another unique bucket is alternative lending which is b lending uh uh, every single institution has a B lending sector, which means they, uh, they are a little bit more lenient. The interest rates are a little bit higher for B lenders, uh, but they're more lenient to all sorts of income. Uh, B lenders, about three, four years ago, John, their interest rates were in the four to five percent. So uh, pretty yeah. drastically higher. Right now, B lending, we're getting about 2.6 to 2.7% interest rate. So right now is a premium time to use a B lender because they have dropped their interest rates quite a bit. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's great for clients that aren't showing a lot of income, uh, but their business is making a lot of income because uh, B lenders will use something called a stated business program. So if we can show your bank statements uh, and your deposits of what the company is making, we can get you approved based off that rather than what you're showing as, as income on your personal income on your tax returns. Uh, so B lending is really, really, uh, uh, it simplifies it for business owners. And we're, and right now it's a much lower interest rate, which is great for a lot of our business owners. Yeah, it is. That's, that's pretty amazing. Actually. Uh, I, I know how tough it can be for business owners. Don't get me started on my rant for the uh, discrimination, uh, <laughs> over the last number of years for business owners. Uh, it's been terrible what they've been put through, but exactly. uh, uh, they're a resilient bunch and they always figure out a way. So, uh, um, that, but that's good to hear that there's, uh, uh, maybe a, a few more options now. And also, uh, the, the rate is a little more favorable for them. It is. And, you know, going forward, John, a lot of, uh, uh kids coming up, everybody's not an entrepreneur, everybody's self-employed. Everybody wants to have their own business. You're seeing that a lot more, right? So, uh, hoping that a lot of a lenders will start changing their programs to cater to self-employed clients. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's become more popular to be an entrepreneur and be self-employed rather than, uh, you know, I wasn't around 40, 50 years ago, but uh, I guess you could tell me. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, uh, uh, most people. That's in, getting edited. <laughs> uh, uh, most people just it's get a job, get a salary, get a full time. Right. But now, you know, more and more people with uh, with social media and, and just anybody can be anything they want, uh, you know, self being self-employed and being a, a business owner is the dream, the Canadian dream right now. Yeah. That's well said. Well said, except for the age. Uh, yeah. I'm John. sorry about that, John. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow. That was below uh, the belt. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're really kind of, uh, I gone from 
what uh, uh, what is a mortgage broker? What is it that you do? Difference to banks, uh, uh, current markets, uh, how you can help business owners. Is there anything that we've missed out? Anything that uh, else that we should be talking about here? Uh, that's that's pretty much the the landscape uh, of everything that you want to know mortgage wise. Uh, what I what I recommend is if you are thinking about buying a property, whether you're first time home buyer or you're buying a rental property, buying a, a property for your kids, a vacation property, a third property, whatever it is, uh, speak with a, a mortgage consultant first and uh, get yourself pre-approved, get yourself, get all your documents in, you know, we can offer advice. And then before you hit the market, it'll make things a lot more simpler right now. It's very competitive. Uh, you know, nobody wants to waste their time with somebody that, you know, doesn't have their ducks in a row. So get prepared, speak with a mortgage consultant, it's free to yourself. It just gives you less headache and then you can jump out there and, and grab something in this in this hot market. We're actually Vancouver right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw that article. It was named the most expensive place in North America. Oh, hey. Yeah. We excelled at something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's what we want to be, but uh, you know, everyone holding properties right now, you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, uh, that last little bit was uh, great advice. I appreciate all your comments and advice there, Vic, and uh, explanation. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you very much for that. And we'll make sure that we uh, have you back on as, uh, as these uh, mortgages and mortgage rates and it all, it's, it's a fluid, it changes. So sure. uh, we'll get you back on in the future and uh, get an update from you. Thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it. Love what you're doing over there, by the way. A big thank you again to Vic Sahi for being our guest today on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast, helping us walk through what a mortgage broker does and the current landscape in the mortgage market these days. In our next podcast, we bring back one of our most popular guests, Senior Vice President and Global Strategist at CI Global Asset Management, Drummond Broder. We'll get Drummond's unique and always entertaining perspective as to what is going on in the world of investments. If you enjoy these podcasts, then check us out at saunafamilyoffice.com, S-A-N-A familyoffice.com for more articles and information, or call us at 604-372-3372 to set up a free consultation. So until next time, Asante Sana. Hi, I'm Trevor Beggs from Sana Family Office, and thanks for listening to John Lawson and the Wealth Wisdom Podcast. Here are the necessary disclosures. Asante Capital Management is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources, However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast.